Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Colony Drop, a Gundam podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Isaac. This is your favorite Gundam podcast where we talk about everything from the Universal Century to every other Gundam timeline, and we talk about it all from the Gunpla to manga, OVAs, anime series, and most importantly of all today, Gundam news. That's right, Isaac. We have a smattering of topics today. Let's see how far we get. A plethora? A smorgasbord? A charcuterie of news, Brian? Ooh, a charcuterie. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there was just a lot of Gundam news in the last few weeks, so I thought we should at least talk about a few of them. The first big thing that kind of happened, it already kind of came and went, so this is a little bit of a retrospective, I guess. But there was this thing, Isaac, called the Gundam Online Expo 2021. For those that don't know, it was a digital event that was held uh, for about 10 days, August 26th to September 6th, and it was kind of directed at the North American fan base. The event had featured, you know, panels, workshops, exclusive merchandise, and sort of a whole bunch of limited streaming content. So, like, during that window, those dates, they put up a bunch of uh, content that wasn't previously available, you know, on, like, the Gundam Info YouTube page and on Netflix and Crunchyroll, I believe. What were some of the main attractions that you saw, Isaac? Well, what I really liked was, first of all, the competition. They uh, had the best Gunpla competition, so that was pretty cool to see. And, Brian, did you see it? And did you see who won first place? The mobile suit that won first place? No, I was actually trying to find pictures of the winners. And, like, I don't know, I guess I wasn't clicking on the right link. But it sounds like you saw the winners. What Can you describe to us what some of the finalists are or, who, or at least the winner i guess this was what was it called the, the 2021 gunpla builders cup i think right something like that yeah what was really cool is that like the prizes or at least some of them were like if you won silver second place you got like a silver model so i thought that was pretty oh, cool that's cool i like yeah, that you know why give them a medal let's give them a model that's like you know <laughs> it's all silver although depending on your skill set it might be a little difficult to assemble right because it's all You're the right. same color <laughs> right yeah but anyway, I think uh, the, the one I watched was open course, which I assume means there's almost no restrictions in terms of what you can build and submit. Right. As opposed to something that might be maybe, you know, they really wanted to get it as realistic as they could or they wanted to match almost identically the actual model, how it looks. Open course would be, I believe, you're free to let your creative spirit run wild. And the one I saw that won first place was providence gundam from gundam seed and this guy brian oh my god they earned it brian because not only was the model like perfectly assembled it was like the right colors it had like the the whole outline to every every little detail you know where you can kind of trace things with like the black marker designed Mm -hmm. for models that's able to show all the outlines he got all the little stickers in the right places he earned it it looked amazing like it (laughs) yeah it looked like a miniature they would use if they made a live action Gundam Seed like movie or something. Oh wow. So whenever you get your Providence, is this guy's work gonna be your inspiration? Maybe. Actually probably yes, because outside of making the Providence look as realistic as I can or as much to um you know to spec as I can, I don't think I'd change the colors that much or anything like that. I think I'd want a Providence Gundam that looks like a Providence Gundam. And he painted the whole thing, by the way. I remember they made it that one of the judges or um, commentators made a point of saying that's not the actual colors. He painted the colors to be what they should be. So the blue parts, yes, the model came out blue, but he painted over it to give it that that painted look that we can all identify. Would you say that that blue? was blue cosmos blue oh 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 
walked into that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. I would say it was blue and pure. Ooh. <laughs> Love it. Oh, interesting. All right, I'm going to have to go check out the rest of those winners. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. I'm glad that the Providence won. Like something... <laughs> you know from the past like not necessarily something that came out this year so it doesn't seem like they were super biased for like recent kits you know right yeah i'd like to rewatch it too i'd want to like maybe do a, a vague head count of okay mono wise to gundams how many were actually on the field you know i like it yeah so yeah so that was one big uh, attraction they announced the 2021 gunpla builders cup winners Another big part of this event, Isaac, was that there was just going to be a lot of exclusive merchandise. And the way they did this was every day, or maybe like five of the ten days or so, they just kind of had these daily drops on the Premium Bandai USA website where you know North American customers could go and, and buy this stuff for a limited time. Uh, but they had more than a hundred exclusive items, Isaac. That's a lot. Yeah. Oh, boy. I can't think of anything in America that kind of does that, right? Usually the volume's way smaller. You know, right. maybe there'll be like one exclusive thing at like, you know, the Star Wars convention or something like that, other than the usual merch, like, you know, the, the shirts for that year or whatever. But um, man, that's crazy. Yeah, 100 items. This is like, you know, Supreme going out of business or something and just <laughs> dropping its, <laughs> all of its drops for the next, you know, year or something. Well, it was a remote distributed... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> pandemic appropriate event so i think they pulled out all the stops they could in terms of well people aren't going to be here but if they want to feel like they're here they're probably going to want to order something <laughs> yeah no i mean it's a, it's a good move on their part right yeah. if, if you announce this event is happening everyone's going to be like oh okay now i know of this website this premium bandai website uh, which we've mentioned a few times on the podcast before they have lots of cool stuff on there it's pretty expensive given that it's exclusive um, generally yeah. so it's a little more expensive than like a normal model would be or a normal shirt would be but i don't know i think it's a good idea were you able to see any of the exclusives was, was there any that that caught your eye i didn't take too close of a look just because of the sheer volume right. but I, w I would bet dollars to donuts dollars to dagwin's donuts that there's definitely monoize that I'd want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some monoize in there. The things that caught my eye, though, not too many of the gunplug or something that I probably would have picked up. There was a few that were pretty neat. The one I think I liked the best actually was an SD version of the Crossbone Gundam X1 wow. that was like a, <laughs> a, a clear version of it. It was pretty neat. And since we just read Crossbone, I thought yeah. that was really appropriate. It's called the SD Gundam Cross Silhouette Crossbone Gundam X1 Cross Silhouette Frame Version Clear Color. So I'm pretty sure it's already, you know, the pre-orders already closed on pretty much all this stuff, but you might be able to find it on eBay. You know, if you like exclusive Gunpla, they just released a whole bunch of it, so now would be the time to go, need to keep an eye out for that one on eBay. Another cool one I saw was there was a, a like a silver coated version of the um, Gundam Barbatos. Ooh, that one was kind of neat. I just I forget what it was called. It wasn't called this, but I it was a missed opportunity. They should have called it the Iron version or something, you know. Ah, uh, that would have been great. Yeah, I'm not actually sure if this last item was a was a part of the exclusives for the event, but they've actually started to release eBooks on Amazon, Isaac, about Gunpla in English. And another one just came out on August 30th. So that was within the window of the event. So I'm assuming that it was part of the event. That's interesting. Yeah, the new one is called Easy Finishes for Weekend Modelers. And it's called Gunplus Super Technique. I think that's the, the series. So there's two of them now. 
They're both available on Amazon. They're obviously not going to go out of stock because they're they're ebooks. So if you're ever interested in English translated gunpla books, uh, that's pretty cool. I do wish they had like a physical copy, but this is better than anything we've had in the past, Isaac. In terms of you know, you used to see pictures of all the gunpla magazines uh, in Japan, and obviously they were never going to come over here translated. So this is kind of neat. Yeah, the closest you get is like what New Type magazine. <laughs> Is New Type USA physical magazine even still around? I mean, I know they're... I don't know. They're, I know they're still on online, but... I'd be surprised, but whenever, even, even though it was a New Type magazine, you like, you'd be lucky if there were like a handful of articles in there related to Gunpla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everything else was like, here, because here's a new show you should buy. Here's another show you should buy. Here's a movie you should buy. <laughs> yeah, and a New Type USA subscription was really expensive when it first came out, like prohibitively expensive if you were in that age range where you were a teenager but didn't have a job, you know, which is a lot of anime fans, I think. Right. From what I remember, though, and maybe in their defense, like I remember it was was a sizable magazine, though. Oh, it was enormous and it was like very high quality. I'm not saying the magazine wasn't good. It was great. Yeah, I don't remember how much it actually was, but like depending on the price, you got what you paid for. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Another thing that was neat about the event, Isaac, was there was a Gundam Factory Yokohama Special Insider Tour, where they Ooh. went around the uh, the newest life size version of the RX seventy eight, which is I think the yeah. model number is the RX seventy eight F double zero, and that's the the biggest one that they made, you know, kind of for the Olympics. It's sitting outside the Yokohama Gundam Factory. I forget how long the video is, like maybe twenty minutes or so, but it shows you how it moves, and there's this guy going up. You know, you get pretty pretty close to it. So if you're not going to Yokohama anytime soon, which is probably most people, uh, this is a great way to go look at the Gundam, uh, you know, the life-size Gundam there. And this this video is still up, so it seems like they're not going to take it down, which is pretty cool. Um, so I would encourage everyone to go go check it out. I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, I remember watching the video, or at least part of it, and it's only by, I think, seeing the video of like the leg section that you really grasp the scale of a Gundam. It's way bigger than I thought it would be. It's almost comparable to a space shuttle, I imagine. <laughs> or at least that whole docking bay thing that it was in really made it feel space shuttle Yeah, that docking bay is getting pretty famous. They're selling all kinds of models of that docking bay. Like, that was one of the exclusives. You could buy the Yokohama Gundam version, and it would come with a little docking bay. That's so cool. I definitely want to see it when I go to Tokyo. So Gundam's, what, 18 meters or so? Sure, yeah. Yeah. The, the space shuttle is 56 meters, so it's a, okay. the space shuttle is a little bigger. <laughs> a little bigger. <laughs> a little bigger. <laughs> but you know what? The space shuttle doesn't have weapons. <laughs> <laughs> that you know about. Yeah. <laughs> they got to start doing something to those shuttles in Gundam. Like, put shields on them or something. How come, how come there's like a resolution in the Federation that like all shuttles from now on need beam shields? <laughs> yeah, they're always so defenseless, right? Yeah, they get blown out of space left and right. <laughs> Yeah, you never want to be on a on a, a shuttle in Gundam. I feel like that's just 50-50 chance you're going to get shot down. Yeah, also, also like, <laughs> there's like a 75% chance that if you board a shuttle, you're going to fly past combat. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Another thing that you, you touched on that is, is, unfortunately, it's been taken down. I guess, I, th- I don't know if it was it live. It was that virtual reality tour of the Gundam yeah. base store in, in Tokyo. Right. I would have liked to see that. That sounded pretty neat. I know. I wonder why, like, they didn't just post a recording. Maybe it's in editing or... I don't know. I was wondering that, too. Do you think it's to, like, drive people to attend the event live? 
maybe or by vr do they mean like you need an oculus or other like or some samsung vr goggles in order to actually enjoy the experience could be yeah i don't i don't have an oculus or any of those things so i don't even really know how that works but if any of listeners out there were able to attend the vr tour of gundam base you know let us know how it was and and if, if you enjoyed it Brian, something just crossed my mind and I had to bring it up. Can you imagine an Oculus Gundam game where you're in like the cockpit? Oh, well, that's where we got to be headed, right? I mean, how's that not in the pipeline? I think they're probably just waiting for VR games to get a little better. I don't have any VR set, but I know a few people that do. And they've told me that over the last like two years that VR games have been getting pretty good. So I don't know, Isaac, I think in the next 10 years, I think we're going to get there. I think I'm going to be in a dom before, like, you know, in the, yeah, in the next few years, I'm going to be inside one and just, just blowing up those GMs. <laughs> That'll be like our life achievement, right? To like get in that dom before you get in the retirement home. Probably. Yeah. I'd be like, ah, I, I fought for the glory of Xeon. <laughs> <laughs> I participated in a bow coup. Like, yeah, that, that old man keeps talking about something called the one year war. I don't really remember the US being involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the panels I saw was the Tamashi Nations panel with there. I think there were a few like R and D managers there, to, and they were discussing all the latest action figures. I mean, Isaac, you and I are not really into like Gundam action figures, but I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are. But if, so, if you are into Gundam action figures, this panel is still up. It's still available for you to watch on the Gundam Info channel on YouTube. It's 42 minutes long, which is a pretty sizable panel, and I think they go through a lot of the newer action figures. So if you're like one of those people who goes to Comic-Con and you attend panels or at um, panels at anime convention and you like Gundam action figures, this seems like a neat watch. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty cool. Have you been to Target lately, Isaac? (laughs) No, Brian. What am I missing at Target? Because I was just at Target today and they have these action figures that were in the panel. Mm -hmm. But they're in like not the normal action figure section. They're in like the collectible section near the video games. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they have yeah, like yeah, yeah. nostalgic stuff? Right. Where you'd find like the um like the amiibos kind of, right? Kind of, yeah, in like the okay. back. Yeah. So they now are stocking these Tamashi Nations figures, uh, as well as they do have some gunplug back there. They have like some entry grades. I've seen some uh high grade Arc seventy eights, high grade I think Barbatoses and uh Sharzakus as well. And I read somewhere that they had a, a master grade Barbatos as well. So, I don't know, Isaac, remember back when we were getting into Gundam? Gundam was, like, in stores. You could you could go to Toys R Us. They maybe didn't have the greatest selection, but the, the models were there. So maybe it's making a little bit of a comeback. You know what? I'm all for it. To an extent, action figure Gundams have always kind of been lowbrow for most average Gundam fans, right? Because you hold the models in such high esteem. Or is that just me? <laughs> I mean, I think Gundam is just so associated with the with the models that the action figures are a little bit of an afterthought. But the new ones look a lot better than the ones that we had. Right, you know. And if you're, you know, younger, you maybe don't want to spend too much time on the model, you just grab the action figure. Hopefully we get to the point where, like, that's equally respected, you know? And there's something out there for everybody, right? So There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can load up on Leo action figures. <laughs> <laughs> And then, Isaac, maybe my favorite thing from the event was they got Adam Savage of Mythbusters fame to come in and build the perfect grade RX-78-2 Unleashed. Him and his team built it from scratch all the way to finish, and they filmed the whole thing, 
I think the video is what twenty something minutes long. It's obviously compressed, and I think you watched it as well. That was pretty cool. I really like that. I thought it was maybe one of the best model put together <laughs> model assembly videos that I've seen. I mean, sure, he didn't do everything by himself. Uh, kind of a disclaimer: he had three people helping him. But it was just so fun to sort of see him you know geek out really and enjoy the process of building it he would talk about like the molding process and you know just the quality of work and the perfect grade and then we saw the finished one and it was everything a perfect grade should be you could tell it had weight to it really good stability with its uh its posing abilities watching it really made me wish i had that perfect grade and i say that as like a mono i fan i don't know what's coming over isaac he's all of a sudden, like in Gundams now, he's like in the crossbones. You know, he's like in the perfect great RX seventy eight. I don't, <laughs> wait, I don't know wait, what to wait, think wait, anymore. <laughs> Liking the crossbones. <laughs> you, you were a big fan of the X two. Yeah, but I mean, if every model was available from Crossbone Gundam, I think I'd be leaning heavily for the Jupiter ones because of just how unique they looked. Even the Tortuga. Mm. Not necessarily that, but like the Royal Guard unit, that was pretty oh, cool. Yeah. The run-of-the-mill kind of Jupiter ones that were skulls, those yeah. those were cool. Things like that before going to like, you know, another Gundam. <laughs> Got it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I hope you'd back me up too on that, Brian, because like how unique Jupiter was, you know, their, their units and all that and how rare. Yeah, that's true. I, I like some of the Jupiter units. That's what they should have had at this event, Isaac. They should have had a, an exclusive 1-100 Divinidad. Oh, God. Yeah. I think it would be enormous. It'd be as big as my desk, but it'd be cool. Probably, yeah. God. That'd be cool, though. Have, like, a little Dogady inside. (laughs) (laughs) But is it the real Dogady? Oh. We we better hope it's... They got to give you two, right? The the Mandroid and then a Dogady Prime. Oh, yeah. You can switch them out. Yeah, you got to decide which one you're going to (laughs) be. Back to Adam Savage. I think he was the perfect guy to get for this promotion you know i think there's probably a pretty decent crossover there between mythbusters fans and gundam fans and he just had a lot of enthusiasm for the build and you know this is a very promotional event right for the north american audience so if you're trying to pull people in he's the perfect guy to get to do that whoever thought of getting him and went and got it done they deserve a promotion like that was a great idea yeah that was pretty cool i mean why not, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's just one of those guys, you know, and maybe some people will disagree, but Adam Savage has a lot of enthusiasm for things that he likes and things that he enjoys. And that's, you know, if you've ever watched Mythbusters, that came through in the show. And it comes through in this video. So if if that sounds, like, funny to you, I would at least encourage everyone to go watch maybe five minutes of it. I mean, it's 20-something minutes, so it's a longer video, but it's pretty fun. I, I sat down thinking I would watch 10 minutes or so, and I ended up watching the whole thing. I thought it was really fun, highly recommend it, and uh, I thought that was maybe the greatest decision they made about this uh, online expo. So Definitely. Like, I don't know. I... This might sound corny, but he very much approached it with a sense of childlike wonder. Yeah. Yeah, you could just tell he was having a great time. Exactly, yeah. That's that's how all Gundam building processes should be. But sadly, some of us get easily frustrated, right, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> like, this leg won't come together. It is too small. <laughs> this is a Federation plot. <laughs> it does a really good job of showing how detailed the, the RX-78 is. Uh, perfect grade unleashed is that thing is a is a beast isaac 
Yeah. Oh, the metal in like it's uh it's it's kind of upper chassis area. That was cool. How many parts were actually in the head? Man, it's gonna be so cool to build one. And it's fairly reasonably priced. I think it's three hundred bucks. Wow. Which for that is pretty good. Like it's it's hard to buy. <laughs> Some of our listeners right now just kind of like swooned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, like, come on, Brian, that's a console. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there are a lot of things that are more expensive than that nowadays. I I, I feel like the per- the price of a perfect grade has not really increased that much from twenty years ago. I don't know. We'll have to look at like our perfect grade inflation meter in order for us to to track the price of inflation and perfect grades over the years. I remember that perfect grades were at least 200 bucks back in 2004-ish. Okay, so they have inflated a bit. A a little bit, but I mean, this one is way better than the original RX-78 perfect grade. Right. Plus, it's, you know, it's a flagship, so. So yeah, that was the Gundam Online Expo. Oh, wait, I forgot about the streaming. This was a big part of the event too, Isaacs. They had a whole bunch of special content streaming during that time frame. One, they put up the Gundam movie trilogy, oh. which is also on Netflix now, but I mean, that's always good to put up someplace, right? Right. They put up the first two compilation movies of Reconquista and G, which took me totally by surprise. That was pretty cool. I wish I would have watched those. Yeah, it would have been, well... I mean, going into Reconquista and G's half blind now, since we know a bit more about it, it still would have been cool to see. Again, they're compiling the mo- the series into five movies, but they put the first two up for this event. I think I want to watch the series via these movies, since Tomito is like going back and adding more dialogue and, and stuff. So I think I'm just going to wait for these movies to be done, because I, I haven't actually watched Reconquista and G, and I don't think you have either. So I think I'm just going to wait for this compilation project to be done, and then we'll watch it. Do you think they're going to release it dubbed? It's <laughs> a good question. Probably not. Okay. I would bet against it. You know what? I'll I'll bite the bullet and watch it anyway, subbed. <laughs> the sacrifices you make, Isaac. <laughs> oh, it's it's so laborious. <laughs> <laughs> they also released the first episode of Gundam Build Real, that live action show about the model uh, building team. Oh yeah, we're like there's a yeah, there's five of them, right? And each one has a different role. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of wish I would have watched that, but I'm kind of waiting for them to just release the whole series. I kind of just watch, want to watch it all the way through. Yeah, I mean, consuming something bite-sized like that, right? Like under 30 minutes, so probably 20, 22, something like that. It's going to be kind of painstaking. But if you watch the whole series at once, like binge it, as if we're doing it Netflix style, it'd be uh, more enjoyable since that's what we're used to now. I don't even know the status of Gundam Build Real, if it's still going or, or, or if it's over or what, but I'm hoping that they just kind of add that one on to the Gundam info youtube channel whenever it's done and fully subbed i don't see that getting like a wide release over here isaac unless they put it on netflix as part of some overall deal with netflix yeah i don't think it'll ever see the light of day in the united states (laughs) yeah that one screams youtube to me maybe or uh as long as we don't talk about it right or we'll torpedo it like we did after glow of xeon oh yeah good point we don't want to we don't want to promote it (laughs) (laughs) so isaac that that was kind of the gundam online expo i mean so in general, do you think this is, event is a good idea? Uh, should they do it every year? And what are some ways you think it could be better? Hmm. You know what? I'd almost want to see some type of like Twitch integration with it. Like we're live streaming models being built or Gundam games happening at the same time. I feel like that would really uh, bring in some critical demographics, maybe. Mm, okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. More live participation. 
Yeah. How uh, maybe live viewing of way more series or movies, having a you know a chat forum also while the movie's happening. <laughs> that could go poorly too. <laughs> Anytime you open up chat, that's a that's a dangerous proposition. We'll just be like you know Japanese comments and then English comments and then other <laughs> language. <laughs> that would be the most amazing like live flame war between you know fans of different yeah. timelines. People be like going to Google Translate, copy and pasting stuff really quickly. <laughs> I would totally add in, you know, like the double O movie was terrible and I'm not backing down. <laughs> oh yeah. Well maybe we should all like watch the the double O movie as like a group just to like flame it, you know, just fill <laughs> fill the chat section with comedy and jokes. We'll have to record like a live watch without the movie in it, because they'll take it down if the movie's in it. I know it's a ways away, but like I'm half dreading, half looking forward to like our double O movie watching <laughs> um, our, our review episode. Like it's going to be wrapped there with G Savior. <laughs> yeah, it'll be pretty good. I don't think anyone thinks going to top the double O. God, movie. what's better or worse, G Savior or the double O movie? <laughs> I think double O movie was worse. I think G Savior was a decent idea. It was just the execution was just awkward. That's true. Whereas like the double O movie, I just fundamentally disagree with the idea. Yeah, I mean, with the reputation G-Saber has, I was about to say, can we, like, should we find some of the cast? <laughs> or, like, the writers? I wonder if they would come on. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not we'll sure see. they'd want to come on, like, knowing our opinion of... I mean, it's not our opinion of, like, their acting or anything like that. It's more, you know... Right. Like, really? The writers did this with the with the Universal Century? <laughs> so, some ways I was thinking that it could be better is... I do wish the streaming windows were a little bit longer. Like, if you were busy during this time, then you're kind of get out of luck. Yeah. Which, maybe that's the point, but I don't know. Maybe I, I was thinking, like, a month would have been better. You mean have this run for a month? No, just leave the content up for a month. Oh, yeah, that would make more sense. <laughs> run for a month. Uh, and then the other thing I was thinking is maybe, in addition to some of these exclusive items that they released, which a lot of them were, like, kits that were only in Japan either at the Gundam base or at the Gundam factory. I think they should have also just brought back some of the more popular premium Bandai kits that sell out really quickly. Because uh, you're already getting everyone to pay attention because of the expo, and this would have been a good opportunity to like bring some of the, the big sellers, the big favorites back that maybe people haven't had a chance to buy in a long time. Would have been a nice thought. But I do think they should continue doing the event. I think it's a good idea. I hope they do it again next year and hopefully i'm able to attend the you know whatever vr tours they have lined up next next time yeah for notice maybe they could show us more of that cool gundam game the capsule one. Oh yeah i don't have a tournament for that you know integrate that into like the the event that'd be cool yeah and that's where you could get you know you could introduce the teams i think that'd be fun right they'd have to pick a team name oh that solo fight squadron fights yeah. battle royale you could do a lot man I like it. Bring it over here. They could have it, you know, North American arcade. I mean, I guess we don't really have arcades here, but they could put it somewhere. Yeah, we'll host it. We'll like. <laughs> <laughs> you put it in my garage, Sunrise. Yeah, ap- after we, <laughs> after our success with Afterglow Xeon, we volunteer to be like <laughs> the hosts and commentators for the uh, the Gundam <laughs> Capsule Wars uh, tournament. <laughs> oh man, we would interview the shit out of those teams. <laughs> Isaac keeps criticizing the Gundams and only praising the mono eye. <laughs> he seems really biased. Like, yeah, like you would totally be like, you know, the Jerry the King Lawler where you, you, you favor all the bad guys. 
Probably. So so you're going to be like, what are you going to be, the, the Jim Ross? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Someone has to be like, you know, the, what, what do they call the straight man? or the... We, we still have to do like a Jim Ross edit of like um, Gundam fights, you know? Oh, that'd be Combat amazing. Scene. I, <laughs> and God is my witness, he is broken in half. <laughs> he is broken, he's dead. He killed him. <laughs> I guarantee that'll stop your heart. <laughs> oh, through the table. I'm surprised it doesn't exist yet. Clearly it's waiting for us to do, Brian. We'll, we'll add that right after we get through the double Zeta fan dub. It's the biggest ladder I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can, we can do that for the space elevator. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's in, in double O before they fight it or something. <laughs> oh, I miss JR. Oh, he was great. Wait, did he pass? No, he, he's, uh, he doesn't work in WWE anymore. He works in the rival promotion, AEW. Yeah, poor guy. I heard he got dismissed for... Um, possibly questionable circumstances oh yeah <laughs> i heard he makes good barbecue sauce yeah, fans this has nothing to do with gun <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe there's some crossover wwe fans but yeah i don't know can you imagine like wrestling with gundams yeah, it's basically g gundam but with wrestling yeah but oh i don't know that was almost too combaty. like with, with wrestling though it'd be i don't know but that'd be pretty funny if like another gundam hit another one with a chair yeah like they're in a ring but it's like a massive chair you know yeah <laughs> There's a cage. I'd watch watch that before I watch the Double O movie. Yeah, I'd watch anything before the Double O movie. Are you kidding? (laughs) It's going to be such a chore. Sorry, Double O fans. No, they know what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Next item on the list, Isaac, is the progenitor of Gundam, the creator of Gundam, Yoshiyuki Tomino. He did a pretty big interview with a magazine called Weekly Playboy. Not where I would expect him to be doing interviews <laughs> maybe <but>. he is an avid <laughs> he's an avid <laughs> member he's an avid subscriber brian like <laughs> he just loves that magazine <laughs> he's a man of culture yeah he enjoys it for the articles <laughs> i don't even know if this is the same kind of playboy i doubt it it's a japanese magazine it's not the usa playboy so for all i know it could be something completely different maybe it's like about people who play games i don't know but he, he talked about a lot of things during this interview, Isaac, and a few of them I think are worth highlighting. One, he told everyone or made public knowledge that he has a pretty serious medical condition now called spinal canal stenosis, which is where spaces within your spine, they get narrower over time, and it obviously can cause you know pain and, and difficulty getting around. So that's a pretty big bummer for Gundam fans everywhere. I mean, Tamino's getting older. He's 79. This, was kind of, this stuff happens when you get old, but no one likes to see it happen. During the interview, he said that he, he estimates he has three years left working at an animation studio. And I think he's probably going to spend most of that time working on those Reconquista and G movies. So, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get another Gundam project from him, but that's kind of sad news. But it seems like he's still doing okay. I don't know. How did you react to that, Isaac? It was pretty sad to hear, you know, he's not going to be with us forever. And I think all the fans uh, wish him the best. And he has our thoughts and our prayers and our, our positive vibes. Hopefully we get some type of final project from him. Maybe uh, not like a magnum opus or anything like that, but um, for lack of a better phrase, a uh, a goodbye project. You know, a uh, a final work of his before he um, kind of retires and maybe just works remotely from his home or chips in from his home to the the studio. Yeah, and I think it's kind of impressive that he's still even working at seventy nine. I mean, I don't yeah. know many people who are working at seventy nine. So good for him. Yeah. 
I hope whatever he does with his last time that he feels he can work in a studio is something that he's that he enjoys. I hope Sunrise doesn't be like, we need you to do this, and he it's just not something he enjoys. So I hope whatever it is he spends his time on, it's something he enjoys. And yeah, like you said, I think all Gundam fans would send send their thoughts and, and prayers his way, and probably just a, a thank you, right, for for everything he's given us. Yeah, thank you for building this universe. And since he's still working on it now, it's clearly his baby, and why not, right? What a lucky man to be able to do all this with his empire, his whole dream. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's probably some people out there who you know you might say like, oh, you know, you, I hope you can keep going longer. And I don't know, man. I mean, everyone deserves to retire at some point. So whenever he decides to hang it up, I think he well deserved. Yeah, he can easily pass the torch anytime, and to an extent that it's already been passed because there's so many teams and directors and writers already working on Gundam. But um, it's a moral reminder that while he may be aging, Gundam will live forever, Brian. Totally agree. Uh, but there are two other items that he, that he spoke on, Isaac, which are pretty interesting. One, he's pretty skeptical right now of space colonization and the sort of the efforts. He said politicians, financiers, and space explorers are not thinking about how harsh things will be in the near future. They're not thinking about things like, isn't it stupid to be saying what a territory is in space? To the fundamental point, what are what even are people going to do on the colony? Humans need air and water to live in space, right? How are they going to live in space? Then he went on to say how crude the idea of launching rockets is. And he, you know he brought up this example of this area in Russia around the Cosmodrome where a bunch of species and, and animals died off or, or had a lot of problems because of rocket fuel fumes. And, and Afterburn, I believe, was the phrase or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's like right in line with his character, Isaac, to be pessimistic. What do you think? So yes, it's very Tomino, who, as we all know, has kind of had an on-again, off-again struggle with mild depression to severe. <laughs> <laughs> At least allegedly, I believe. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Um I have to agree with him to an extent, though, right? Like, in Gundam, it's not really billionaires and private corporations colonizing space and stuff like that. It was very much a united effort by Earth's Earth's countries working together under the Federation or even, like, you know, just larger governments in general in, like, the alternate time series, like, uh, or alternate universes like um, Iron-Blooded Orphans. The waste that's made by rockets, I don't know too much about that, but it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, any type of engine seems to produce exhaust and all kinds of toxic chemicals and things you probably don't want to be inhaling. So right. the idea that we can do thousands of these to get people into space, if not tens of thousands or more, and not have any environmental consequences is, I guess that's definitely a factor to consider. As for building a space elevator, I think it'd be epic. So I support him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree with him. I think if you want to call this like a space race, what's happening right now, it does seem very, I don't know. Vain? Artif- <laughs> yeah, art vain and artificial, right? It, it's, you, it's, it's almost like everyone's just picking their favorite mascot. Like, do you like Musk or do, yeah. you, you, know, or do you like Branson or do you like Bezos? They're not taking you into space with them. Granted, I guess they're they're making strides in this area, but if if you're interested in space colonization from the perspective that you know Gundam has, where you need millions of people to live in space one day, I don't think that's that's really their concern right now. Even if they make it seem that way right now, I, I don't know. I think vain is a good way to describe it, like you said. Yeah, at the risk of sounding naive, it would be cool if like 
I don't know, China, the United States, Russia, Europe, and, you know, Japan, everybody else. We all uh, put aside our differences and kind of like the Olympics, we decided to do, you know, a space program together. You know, everybody shows up and does their stuff together. And sure, there's a lot of cooperation with like the International Space Station and stuff like that. But um, moon base and then Mars base and all that under national initiative because the SpaceX stuff and, you know, Blue Origin yeah, it, it's cool in its own way and flashy and all that, but um, I imagine it has a very different feel if you were alive during the actual space race with like the Soviet Union. That must have been amazing. Totally agree. That's exactly how I kind of would have expected him to answer that question, which is pretty funny. Yeah, as as realist, a very realistic and a sobering response to the whole uh, billionaire space race and how it's not quite human colonization <laughs> and the last thing i'll mention in that interview that he talked about isaac was he, he sort of commented on what he thought of the gundam hathaway film but not really uh but by not commenting he kind of commented <laughs> so he said that basically he's watched the film but he has no comment about the film oh boy <laughs> <laughs> i think he said something like i haven't told anyone what i think about it and because, again, t- he was not actually involved with the production of the film other than, you know, writing the source material back in 1989. So th- from his perspective, like this is kind of like an old thing, right? I mean, it's not like he was there working on it. So imagine if you wrote something and then 30 years later, someone made it into the movie and you weren't involved in the movie and they asked you to comment on it. So maybe he's taking the high road here. I don't know. But he compared it to this time when he directed a movie for another very famous Japanese author. I'm probably going to butcher this guy's name, but Osamu Tezuka? Yeah, that's him. I mean, he's the creator of Astro Boy. He's like, you know, legendary. Yeah, Metropolis. Yeah. So apparently Tomino directed a movie of one of his works called Triton of the Sea, where he was not involved. And I don't think Tezuka liked his version of Triton of the Sea very much. So that kind of tells you that maybe Tomino had a different idea of what Hathaway should have been compared to what the final film was. Even though I think the fan base reaction to Hathaway has been very positive, so... I wish he would comment. I'd be interested just to hear what he thinks, even if he didn't like it. Uh, if we can like try to at least attempt to read between the lines, either incorrectly or correctly, um, maybe it's a case of, you know, you had your baby and somebody else took it away and raised it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. he, he probably had a specific look he wanted. As you remember, the Hathaway team very clearly said that they wanted to make it as almost as if they were making a real life movie. Maybe he wanted to go in a different way with it. He wanted it maybe to have the original look of 0079 because that's how he imagined it. He prefers a different animation style than the much more realistic and crisp tone that the UC's taken over. There's really a a lot of different things that maybe he's holding back on that you could try to read between the lines and accurately or inaccurately guess that's what it's about. Absolutely. And I mean, if you just watch Hathaway, it's you can tell that it's not the same director as F91 or Shars Counterattack, right? Yeah. Those are very different movies. So Tamino just has a very different style, and I'm sure that he would have envisioned the movie in his style. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, it's his thing, right? He wrote it. So. Yeah. I would go a step further, though, and say if there wasn't a Gundam on screen, you would assume you weren't watching Gundam. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was very interesting that he commented on it, but without really commenting on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised they even published that, to be honest. <laughs> on the advice of my attorney, I've decided not to comment against my employer. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Tamino, I think we know what you think by now. <laughs> <laughs> Two last news items that are sort of related, Isaac. 
The second film in the Hathaway trilogy has a name, has a subtitle. It's going to be called Son of Bright, which kind of has two meanings. There's a little bit of a pun, like the sun, you know, the star. Of course. And then there's S-O-N, meaning the family son of Captain Bright Noah. What's your reaction to that, Isaac? Well, I wonder who will be seen introduced in this second movie, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Could it be Bright Noah? I imagine he'll be in it. He'll play a pivotal role. Probably a lot of interaction with Hathaway leading up to the third movie. Um, Who knows what's actually going to happen in this. I haven't read ahead. I don't plan to. And really anything can happen. I just hope we get more mobile suit combat and, yeah, more interesting scenes with Gigi. (laughs) It sounds like Tamino has already discussed adapting the second part of the trilogy with the producer Ogata. So, you know, I don't think that Tamino particularly hates the adaptation or anything. I mean, he's still talking to Sunrise about it. So I don't want everyone to come out of this podcast thinking that Tamino hates, hates it or whatever. But did sound like Tamino had some reservations about adapting the second one. He didn't think that maybe as it was, it could be adapted well into a film. So it does sound like there might be a few changes, but it sounds like he already talked to the producer about it. So I don't know. I mean, he's not like heavily involved, it sounds like, but it, it sounds like he's still talking to him a little bit. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Maybe they're kind of George Lucasing him, right? Like they'll, they'll turn to him for some information and stuff like that while they do the actual technical details and keep going with their plan. So hopefully Tamino's hand is there in some form. Guiding the way. He's the Lala of uh, Sunrise at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And last point, Isaac, I would say just in general, since we started this podcast and one of our first podcasts was how to get into Gundam and we went over all the different series that were available on different streaming services, there's actually been a fairly decent amount of additions since we did that episode. We should probably do another one in the future. But this week, Funimation added a bunch of stuff. They added... Uh, Gundam Wing, which that was already on Hulu, I'm pretty sure. It's not like a huge change. They added The Origin, which I feel like is everywhere. I feel like that's on Hulu and Netflix. Maybe it's not on Netflix anymore. I don't remember. They also added uh, Gundam Narrative, which that's interesting. But I found the most interesting thing that they added to be Zeta Gundam, Isaac. This is the first time, to my knowledge, Zeta Gundam's ever been on streaming. Yeah, mine too. And I think this is amazing, though, because you can watch the original series and immediately go into Zeta. And from there, sure, there isn't double Zeta, but that's half forgettable. You can go straight into Char's counterattack. <laughs> <laughs> you make a good point, because Funimation is also where you can watch the original Mobile Suit Gundam series. And just like we thought a few months ago when they when they added that, we figured they would eventually add Zeta Gundam. So in another three, six months, I bet we see Double Zeta get popped up on there. I'm sure Funimation tried to get all of it. Sadly, fans will be disappointed that it's not dubbed. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that just blow you away if when they put it on there next, it had a dub? Yeah. I mean, even though they only had their staff members and employees dub it, I'd still be happy with that. (laughs) Look, Sunrise, I will quit my job and come in and dub it for you right like i can at least do the voice so like the guy in the beginning you know like the year is universal century 0079 like we could do that yeah we will contribute let's get it dubbed sunrise we'll be like the, the random pilot that gets killed or the, the engineer in the hangar bay that like only says three lines like hey don't forget <laughs> to you know don't forget to check your uh, targeting system okay <laughs> so pretty exciting news zeta gundam is available there was one listener, I remember Isaac, his or her name escapes me at the moment, but he was wondering several months ago about the best way to go about seeing Zeta. You know, I told him, one day I hope it comes on streaming. And look, your prayers have been answered. It is now available. So go to town, everyone. Who knows when they're going to take it off. So I would try to watch it the next year if you can. I'm going to watch it definitely. Yeah, we're going to try to get to Zeta in the next year, folks. 
Maybe we'll do the original this year, but who knows? We'll see. For for episode 0079, we're going to do the original Whoa. series. Oh, that's awesome. Look at you, Brian. Thinking ahead. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Dagwin would be proud. If only he thought ahead. <laughs> 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 he wouldn't have gone to that peace negotiation. <laughs> the great Dagwin never fired a shot in combat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so that's it for this week, everybody. Uh, make sure to leave us some comments. Let us know what you thought about the Gundam Online Expo. What was your favorite uh, exclusive merchandise? Did you buy anything? Did you, did you take the virtual tour? Did you enjoy Adam Savage building that perfect grade unleashed? Were you jealous that they gave him one and they didn't give you one and you're going to have to pay $300 for it, whereas I'm sure Adam Savage got it for free and got to take it home? What would you like to see next year? Is there anything you'd like to add? Is there like a cool, maybe competitive feature you'd like? Let us know below. All right, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Isaac, take us away. All right, everybody. Before you go to sleep tonight, don't forget to stand next to your bed. Get on your knees. Put your hands together. Look up at the ceiling and hail Yoshiyuki Tomino. Good night, everybody.